Lecture topic. Glad tidings to the strangers. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الإسلام بدأ غريبا وسيعود غريبا كما بدأ فطوبى للغرباء أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters The hadith sharif that was recited Nabi Kareem says that in al-Islam bada'a gharibah that Islam commenced like a stranger and it will once again, again become like a stranger as it was in the initial time thereafter Nabi says fattuba lil that glad tidings be to those who accept to be those strangers meaning those who will be looked upon as strangers because they are still holding on firmly to deen now just to understand this very briefly Islam commenced as a stranger meaning that people found it very strange initially Nabi Kareem sallallahu came with the first wahi Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha he came straight to her she was the person that was there for him and she accepted his call immediately and then Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala an these were the people that came around Nabi Kareem sallallahu immediately but then this was still a very very small group few others this was it and it was such a small group that they couldn't come out in the open and perform salah anybody expressed their deen they were beaten mercilessly Abu Zar Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala an, his incident is well known what happened to him Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an, how severely he was beaten in the early days of Islam when he uh, stood in support of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam people found this very strange that we have been worshiping the way on the way of our forefathers in all these years and generation after generation from our forefathers and now who's this new person coming who's this person coming they knew him well as the most truthful person they knew him as a sadiq as al amin the most honest person the most truthful person Yet when he presented the deen of Islam and the dawah towards Allah Ta'ala and the oneness of Allah Ta'ala, they found this very strange and they could not accept had no rights in that time. So the slave, being a slave, he had to just, he had to keep quiet about whatever is happening to him. Uh, rock is being placed on his chest also that he can be forced to give up his iman. So Iman was such a strange thing. 
that a person who accepted Iman was treated in this manner. Mus'ab bin Umayr radiallahu ta'ala coming from a very wealthy family, a youngster who had all the luxuries and comforts of the time, who used to perfume himself in the best manner with expensive fragrances, and when he accepts Iman, he is being treated like a prisoner, he is being treated like a slave, he is stripped away from all the luxuries and comforts, he is being treated in a very harsh and brutal manner. Now all this he is accepting. Why is he being treated in this manner? But because they found him now to be like a strange person. They can't recognize what he is up to. They couldn't accept what he is doing, that he is accepted Iman, is following Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But how did all these people respond? Bilal radiallahu ta'ala Abu Zar Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala Mus'ab bin Umayr radiallahu ta'ala and all the other Sahaba who have put through so much of torture, so much of difficulty, and for what? Because they were holding on to deen while everybody else was finding it to be very strange. But they didn't give up their deen. They bore the torture. We're not talking about somebody being uh, sort of uh, ignored as it happens nowadays. That if a person is firm on deen, then you might get some others, they are looking up, uh, looking at the person in a negative way, they're ignoring them, they don't feel this person should come to our uh, circles, might say, close family member, I'll leave her aside, she wants to be different. So now that she wants to be different meaning, the different meaning she wants to be on what's correct. So now others are shunning her, we're not talking about just shunning somebody, not inviting them to some function, not uh, associating with them in some family, whatever, uh, function, etc. No, this is, we're talking about torture. We're talking about merciless beatings. We're talking about being dragged on the hot sands of Makkah Mukarramah. We're talking about a heavy rock being placed on the chest. We're talking about whooping and lashing in such a manner that Hazrat Khabbab bin Arat radiallahu ta'ala long after, in the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala he once asked him and he showed his back, which was still so badly affected by the torture that he bore in the time when he initially brought Islam, that hot coal used to be placed and he used to be put made to sleep on that hot coal, just to torture him to try to make him give up his deen, because they found deen to be a very strange thing. They couldn't accept it. But now what was these people's response? They remained firm. They didn't give up. They remained steadfast. People looked at them as they are strange. But they did not let that become a barrier for them and to make them give up their deen. So now this is what happened in the initial stage. Deen started off as a stranger. But then gradually the effort of Deen continued. Nabi Karim continued with his Dawud. Slowly, gradually, more and more people started coming into Islam. And eventually Nabi Karim then made Hijrat to Madinah Munawwara. And then Islam spread very quickly in Madinah Munawwara. And as days passed, eventually the time came when Makkah Mukarramah was conquered in the 8th year of Hijrah 
and then Islam spread far and wide. In fact, from before that, in the sixth year of Hijrah, after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, this provided that opportunity for people to come and see Islam being practiced in Medina Munawwara, interact with the Muslims. Muslims are coming to Makkah, Mukarramah, for Umrah, etc. And this interaction showed people the beauty of Islam. And mashallah, Islam started spreading far and wide. But this happened after a lot of very great difficulties were born. And a lot of hardships were undertaken. And a lot of sacrifice was made. And a great amount of sabr was made. Now, this was the thing. They're talking about all these people were tortured, were mercilessly beaten, were persecuted. But what was their manner? How did they respond? They responded with sabr. They responded by remaining firm and steadfast and patiently bearing whatever the issues were. Now this is the message that Nabi Salaam is giving us in this Hadith Sharif that look this was how things started off. But then he is foretelling something. This is a mu'jiza of Nabi Kareem Salaam that this will happen in time. It was that once again Islam will become like a stranger. Now it's not necessary that the strangeness that will come about once again will be because of the numbers completely dwindling. There will only be a handful of Muslims living on earth. It could possibly happen that before Qiyamah that too could become the case. Allah Alam. But this is not necessarily what is referred to here. That this, what is referred to is that despite Islam being very widespread throughout the earth and the number of Muslims being in the billions, not hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions, but billions. Currently, they are, according to the statistics, it's about one and a half billion Muslims in the world, or more than that already, Allah so now in another couple of years time they might say now it's two billion. Wallah So in the billions the Muslims will be, but Islam will be like a stranger. So the Muslims will be very big numbers, but Islam will be like a stranger. Now maybe not in its entirety in every facet of deen, people will still know that there's an ibadat of salah, many will be performing their salah, Though even at this point in time, if we really take a count, take a census of how many people are performing their five times salah, I said more than one billion Muslims, how many people are performing their five times salah with regularity? Allah forbid that this might be a single digit percentage. Allah knows this, that five times daily salah. Many people perform three salah, some perform four salah, some two salah, and they feel very, very pious about themselves. They feel that uh, they're okay. Whereas, if a person is performing four salah in the day and missing one, that person is termed a fasik. That person is a major sinner. It's all five salah that have to be performed. Then a person is fulfilling the ibadat of salah as required. And that too, the manner should be correct as well. So now even the five daily salah, Allah knows best according to some, that sometimes there are complete communities where nobody is performing the five times daily salah. Some are performing few salah here, there. So 
in that itself Islam has become like a stranger to so many that to go and perform the salah regularly and apart from that so while there will be some who will be performing their salah they will be giving their zakat they might be fasting in the month of Ramadan Alhamdulillah all this is Allah Ta'ala's command and compulsory and has to be done but despite them doing these amal when it comes to other departments of deen then suddenly Islam is like a stranger to them as well. Islam, for example, when it comes to the matter of dealings, transactions. So now, in some places in the world, and this might be even happening in our country, we don't know about it, but people, because they traveled in other places, they say there's a common problem, very, very common problem in many, many places, meaning Muslim countries, meaning there's a majority of Muslims in that, in those places, in those areas, though the governments might be whatever they are. So now, there are many, many restaurants run by Muslims. And then in some Western countries also, many places, some restaurants run by Muslims. Now the person now sees a Muslim name, Restaurant of a Muslim name, there's some got a halal sign, got a halal sign there also. Went inside now, this overseas, some country, the person is serving alcohol too. They ask him, but how are you doing this? He says, no, the food is halal. Say, but then you're serving this. He says, we can't do business without this. And then he says, okay, well, is there any place? He says, no, everybody does it. So now that command of Allah Ta'ala, that this is haram to sell, it's haram to buy, it's haram to have any association with it. In the Hadith Sharif, there are ten categories of people we mentioned, ten categories of people that are accursed because of their association of any sort with this intoxicant. The person who buys it, who sells it, who transports it, who manufactures it, who uh, does anything related to it, ten categories of people. All are accursed. Any intoxicant will fall under the same category also. But now the person says, no, no, business now. Without this, business can't happen. So now, it became the norm. It's not a problem, it's fine. So now, Islam became like a stranger in that matter. A person is selling it, and he's, no second thought about it. If somebody didn't ask him about it, he won't bother to. So some people are selling haram meat, then other haram items, and then a very, very common thing, involvement in interest, whether in taking interest, and then in giving interest, which is called so common, like people don't think anything about it, like there's any problem with it. Whereas deem any involvement in interest, the person who writes it, the person who gives it, who takes it, the person who writes it down, merely the person who was a witness to the transaction taking place, all are accursed by Allah Ta'ala. Now, but it's become like a stranger. If somebody is told that, no, you shouldn't be taking this overdraft and so on, say, how are you going to do business without it? No, this has to happen. You've got no choice. Some other things where there's interest involved, there's gambling involved in those transactions, whether it is insurance or whatever else, People say, no, how are you going to marry? This you can't, you can't do without it. You have to have it. 
Islam has become like a stranger in that regard. Then come to other aspects of life, and now this is just some examples in the matter of business, in the matter of money, monetary transactions. There's many other issues of this nature as well. Many other things which are done which are completely wrong, clearly wrong, but people just do it casually, not bothered, doesn't mean anything to them. Say, no, you can't do business without it. People get involved in bribery, in corruption, they just change the name, say, no, this is just a sea right. So now change the name, this is exactly what's mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. Time will come when people will consume alcohol, but they'll merely change the name. And then they'll regard it as fine. Why? Because it's called by some other name. Now this is not confined to this issue, meaning time will come when haram, the names of the impermissible things will be changed, and we will carry on with it like nothing happens. So bribery and corruption will be called sea rights, and become permissible then. The person is taking bribes, is giving bribes, carrying on, life is carrying on. And likewise, so many other things, So, then for example we come into Mu'asharat and our social life, our personal lives. Now, this is something which we can very easily relate to. There are certain things which are very, very far away from Deen, but has become the norm. And now if somebody tries to do what is the correct thing, what is in conformance to what Nabi Karim has taught, then that person is looked at in a very strange way. Now in this time and age, the thing that we keep talking about, and which we have inshallah intended to keep talking about, as long as Allah's Tawfiq continues, then this will be a standard part of the discussion, the dressing that has not the correct Islamic dressing started becoming like a stranger. Yes, there is a, gen, a temporary cover-up in many circles that the abaya will be worn up to a point, but then the emulation is of who? That this is the cover-up, the emulation then of the clothing that is worn and which is worn in the presence of anybody it might be, though it might be mahrams, but the brother, the father, the son, and it is not even anywhere close to haya. It will be worn among women like as if nothing is wrong at all, whereas those who are blessed with the right understanding and with the correct concept of deen, even such women are feeling ashamed to be in the presence of other women who are dressed in that manner, and they feel nothing about it. So now, has for them, the person who say, no, no, I can't accept this. That person has become strange. That person is a stranger. Nabi Islam is saying, Bada al-Islam gharibha wa sayyudu kama bada al-gharibha. Once again it will become strange. Now in dressing in many circles, many places, many homes, many functions, the right dressing has become strange. The teaching of deen, that there must be no intermingling of males and females, non-mahrams. But now if somebody says, now this is to be upheld in the seven age, in many, many homes, many functions, many 
institutions, wherever it might be, it might be a so-called Muslim school, whatever else it might be, if this is now brought forward that this must be upheld, that there should be no intermingling of non-mahrams, this is now a very strange thing. How can this work? This is not workable. This is not possible. Sometimes you'll get people discouraging. Now, one person had a problem. She decided she wanted to adopt Parda properly. So now she decided to adopt Parda. MashaAllah, Allah Ta'ala gave her the topic that was the inspiration on the side of Allah Ta'ala. So now when she decided to adopt Parda, now some um, senior people, elderly people in the family, some woman folk, meaning elder than her, not necessarily elderly, so they got to know about it, that she is now bought on Parda already, and she is planning to start off properly adopting Parda anytime soon. So somebody approached her and told her, look, you're going to make life very difficult for all of us. It's going to become very difficult for you also. Now this is how shaitan frightens somebody. This is shaitan in human form. A shaitan when in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala mentions about this, that when a person wants to now spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala, so shaitan comes in, he frightens the person. You'll get poverty stricken just now. You try to, you, you spend too much, you'll get poverty stricken. So to make them hold back, Shaitan comes and puts all these waswasas. No, no, you don't do the right thing. You don't spend, you hold back. So Shaitan puts this waswasa. Now that was the Shaitan that comes, the Shaitan or ins also, the Shaitan in human form also, they also come in a similar manner. Now this person wanted to stop uh, start, start adopting Parda properly in the correct sense of the word. So I see, it will become very difficult for you. Don't take this on. This is a, you know, you're going to put yourself in big problem, you do this. In other words, you hold on to deen, you'll fall into a problem. This is now the stranger. How can you do this? And you say, you make it difficult for all of us just now. So now that person got discouraged. Whereas that was shaitan. That was shaitan no matter who it looked like. Shaitan was speaking through the mouth of that person. So now not that we go and start calling people shaitan, but we should recognize that shaitan is speaking on the mouth of that person. So this is the issue that deen now became strange in that regard for such people. So Nabi Sallallahu now this is the dressing in that wedding now, he says, no, no, you must have this, in this nikah, this walima, there will be proper segregation. There will be no intermingling of non-mahrams. Non <coughs> what kind of function this will be? This will spoil all the fun. So now that became strange. At the most, okay, we will have one small parda corner somewhere there. But on the small parda corner, so one person mentioned that he had asked that uh, he is being invited to this function and his family and they know now what he is going to be that he won't want to be part of that mixed gathering so they told him no no we'll have one, one corner for you there will be one two others also there they also don't want to they want to adopt Parda so there will be one, one corner for you 
So Ma told him to be there in the corner is to endorse the rest of the gathering. That though you are there in that corner, but your presence in that corner, your presence at this function, though in that corner, is an endorsement for the rest of the function. In other words, cannot go. The person, mashallah, accepted it. This is somebody who just mentioned this to me this last Saturday, just three days ago, a few, four days ago. From Johannesburg, somebody was down, got talking to him, and he said he was in this dilemma once, and didn't know, go, don't go. So he wrote, or phone, or wrote to his ma, and this was the response ma gave him. This is the first hand, the person himself, what he asked, and the reply his ma gave him, the first hand account of that he related to me. So, now, this has become like a stranger now. That now what's wrong with you? You want to become like somebody else. So now that somebody else, like meaning you like an alien now. So, وَسَيَعُوذُ غَرِيبًا كَمَا بَدَأ Thereafter, Nabi Karim Salaam says, فَتُوبَ لِلْغُرَبَى Glad tidings for the ghuraba. Those who are ready to be looked upon as strangers, but not ready to give up their deen. They don't mind if somebody now mocks them somewhere, or somebody ignores them, or somebody makes some comment about them. But as long as Allah Ta'ala is pleased, and they are doing the right thing, they don't mind this. So Nabi Islam says, Tuba lil glad tidings for them. The people may make whatever comment, but Allah Nabi Islam is saying, Tuba lil you are the right person. So they are not concerned about now what people are saying, what people's comments are, that doesn't bother them. And in one hadith sharif, it has been mentioned, and further Nabi Islam says that he was asked, who are these ghuraba? So he mentioned, on, in two ahadiths, there's one thing mentioned in one hadith, in another hadith is a different matter mentioned. One hadith states that these ghuraba are those few righteous people among this multitudes of people who are doing the wrong things. But in other words, these few righteous people remain firm. They don't get washed away. They don't get carried away. They don't just get uh, influenced by all these things around them. They remain firm in their correct dressing. They maintain their haya. They don't go and bring all the western styles and come. They remain firm in doing the right things in all these intermingling issues and whatever else. And like that in so many other aspects of day-to-day life. So they are the ones who remain firm. And the other hadith says, الَّذِينَ يُسْلِحُونَ مَا أَفْسَدَ النَّاسُ مِنْ بَعْدِ That they correct what has been corrupted. The dressing has been corrupted, they correct it. They set the lead and the trend to, to adopt the correct dressing. They set the lead to do the right things. They become the means of keeping the segregation in place. And whatever other aspects they, they can work towards to correct it. So this is the glad tiding that they have been given. One explanation of this is this Tuba is a tree in Jannah. And if a fast riding horse, a, fa- a rider on a fast horse, to ride under the shade of this tree and take him hundred years to cross it. This is the glad tiding of the Jannat, meaning such a vast Jannat. 
So we need to accept that this will happen. These situations will come up and it will require sabr. Just as the people in the initial stage, they made sabr on torture. They made sabr on all kinds of hardship and difficulty. They made sabr on poverty because they were boycotted. The strange people. So in Shaybi Abi Talib, for almost three years, Nabi Karim Sallallahu and his family people were all, and the Sahaba were boycotted. They had nothing to do with them. Don't buy from them. Don't sell to them. Whatever. And it was very difficult. But they became like Huraba. They were strange to the rest of the people. They accepted that but didn't give up their deen. So likewise they made sabr on all that. We will have to adopt sabr as well. But in one hadith they mentioned that a time will come when people who will practice on deen in his proper manner they will get the reward of 50 of you. 50 times the reward. 50 times the reward. So, somebody asked Nabi Karim Wasallam, 50 times of the reward of the people in that time? He said, no, 50 times your reward. Meaning the reward in the time of the Sahaba for one amal, one action, what they got in that time of severe fitna, later in time, when people will remain firm and remain though they are like strangers to the rest of the world now and the rest of their own community, sometimes to the rest of their own family, but they remain firm, then they will get 50 times this reward, subhanAllah. We can't imagine this. So now this is the, the mindset we have to develop. That if I am going to be strange because I am doing the right thing, and I'm going to be looking strange to others, I'm not strange in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. And I'm not strange in the court of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So if I'm strange to others, so what it matters? If a person now, he goes somewhere, so the king, and now in our context now, the person who's now the big shot there, the king, the minister, the president, whoever now, they recognize him, hey, how are you, very well, so on. And then all the other dignitaries there and all the VIPs all recognize him. But then now somebody said, hey, it looks like you, you're unknown. He said, why do you mean unknown? See, this, this person now cleaning the floors and the bins and all that, he didn't know you. And that other person cleaning the toilets didn't know you. And the person uh, doing the garden outside, he didn't know you too. So it seems like you're a nobody because these people don't know you. See, what matters if the person who's washing the toilets don't know me? The president recognized me. So this is just an example for us to understand that we shouldn't become too affected if people who are wanting to go down the route of corruption in Deen, the people who are clinging to the filth and dirt of the Yahud and Nasara, people who are very impressed by the ways of the West, the dirty, filthy lifestyle of the West, which is completely devoid of haya, if they find us to be strange, so what? As long as we get recognized in the court of Allah Ta'ala, and on the day of Qiyamah, we get recognized by Nabi Kareem Sallallahu as his true Ummati, and he intercedes for us. So what does this matter if somebody else regards us as strange? We have to build up that mindset, and be ready for that, and be ready for the sabr. Yes, we are weak, we ask for afiyat, we ask for Allah's health and safety, 
that Allah Ta'ala take us through with afiyat. But these times of sabr are there, it's right now with us. And as the days go, it will require more sabr. So this is the lesson that we have been given in this Hadith Sharif, that we should be ready for that sabr. And that sabr will get rewarded very, very greatly. That sabr will never go in vain. It will bring its barakat in this world, and it will bring its full reward in the akhirat as well. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhir da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana ulamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakoonanna minal khasirin. رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله